we are actually wrapping up the teaching series we started a couple of months ago on the blessedness the beatitudes and the last one is blessed are those you know who are persecuted so i felt in my heart to lay this map so that we're going to pray for the nations and uh, but as usual i have a very nice joke uh, to share before i start so uh, before we go into this persecution message. Is that okay? Mm, and I believe this is going to be helpful. One engineering student was asked to write a, a medical exam by mistake. And they asked him several questions. And they asked him, what is antibody? And he says, one way aids his body. And, um, and as they asked him, what is artery? The study of fine painting or military? Not sure. Bacteria, back door of a cafeteria. Coma, punctuation mark. Gallbladder, bladder of a girl, jeans, blue denim, labor pain, hurt at work, liposuction, French kiss, cardiology, advanced study of playing cards, chicken pox, that's my favorite, a non-vegetarian continental dish, CT scan, test for identifying person's city, and this is good, urology, a study of European people. <laughs> okay, lift up your Bibles, <laughs> say this after me, Lord Jesus. Influence me this morning. Uh, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will uh, speak uh, to us, Lord. I pray that you will, your word will minister to your children. Your word will create life, life in abundance. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're coming to the last part of the teaching. Uh, blessed are those who are persecuted. And it's in Matthew chapter 5, last verse uh, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And uh, this is a very sensitive topic, and even one of the daughters from our house currently going through persecution because of her belief and our standing of righteousness. She was not allowed even to come this morning uh, to worship the Lord with us. And last night we had a fiesta, they say in Spanish, uh, party, I mean, uh, she was not allowed to come. And this is a real thing. So around the world, the people are going through persecution. And we are blessed in many ways to live in a city like this where we don't really see the persecution. We don't really know the persecution or we have never experienced persecution. So this morning, I want to highlight a few things, what it, what it means to live in this midst of persecution and Maybe you are going through persecution, you don't even know. I'm going to share a few things that may be a highlight for you. And uh, what I felt in my, this morning, I want to talk a little bit about the kingdom that we live. You know, it is an upside down kingdom because when Jesus writes, imagine if Jesus was supposed to write a constitution, he would, this is what he would write, this eight constitution laws. And the seven was supposed, he gave the seven was supposed what we should do. And the eighth one was supposed to what, if you do these things, this is what you will expect from others. So it's an upside down kingdom. I wrote down, perhaps it's an up in the screen. Um, is it there? Okay. Uh, the kingdom of God is unique, upside down, eternal kingdom. In the kingdom of God, we receive by giving. In the kingdom of God, we go high by going low. In the kingdom of God, we conquer by surrender. In the kingdom of God, we gain by losing. In the kingdom of God, we become his bride by becoming his child first. In the kingdom of God, we become significant when we come to know our insignificance. Christianity without persecution is mere religion, religion form without power, which is basically 
you know, sometimes we have come to a point where many times people say, he is a harmless Christian. What does that mean? He's, he's, he's just a religious person. He's got all his Christian names. He goes to church. He does this. But he's not really a disciple or a follower of Jesus. And this morning, we want to talk about what it means to live in the persecution. And, and let me tell you this. It's not in the screen. Nothing grows in comfort zone. We all agree with that, right? Nothing grows in comfort zone. And I love coffee. And this year, I could not drink coffee because I got through some you know, health reasons. But somehow, I found decaf, you know, <laughs> which is not really a coffee, but still, I like that aroma. So I like to grind my own beans and, and powder it, and I have my French press. And the morning, first thing, when I get up 5.30 or 6, whatever time, I get up, the first thing I do, I heat my kettle. This coffee aroma comes, and I pour in slowly, and this, any coffee drinkers can... Feel it with me. And this aroma comes in. I feel like Rashala Manduraka. You know, I started speaking in tongues 5.30 in the morning. Lydia is in the next room. She probably will be like, what the heck this guy is doing? You know, and, and then the French press and this. And then I feel like now I can hear the voice of the Lord clearly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's something I do. And, and I remember keeping the coffee beans up in the shelf is no use. Many Christians are like that. They are in the comfort zone. They are coffee beans up in the shelf. They look nice. They have very nice Christmas star. Everything going around the Jesus. Some cars are more Christian than the Christians driving the car. You know, they have this little thing going around, you know, fish sticker, Jesus loves you, whatever. You know, you know. but all those things are good. But that is not what the Bible says. The Bible says something very, very different. And the Bible says nothing grows out of a comfort zone, it's only through the conflict zone things grow. So last year alone, around 165,000 people, this is uh, real stats, you can even find it from a reliable source, 165,000 Christians were killed just because they believe in Jesus. And most of them, they don't stay in comfort zone, they're in a conflict zones. And India stands on the eighth in the, in the world's index list of persecution and so we are in the south we sometimes don't realize what people go through in this very nation there's tremendous things people go through so when a church is in conflict zone there is unity and strength but in a comfort zone the church just doesn't care all they care about themselves or they talk about healing and prosperity that's what I wrote down here because when we are in a comfort zone you, you talk about upgrading your, your sound system or getting an extra AC or, you know, getting another platform or getting another professional microphones. But when you're in a conflict zone, you're talking about something, you know, I remember being in Lucknow uh, the, with Manu, actually. It was five years, six years ago, maybe. Yeah. And the pastor who invited us to preach, the, they got kicked out from a place and he's from the south. And he got kicked out and all they had was a tree under the tree and they had this tarpaulin like this mat people were gathered 250 people they were gathered under the tree worshipping the Lord and he said you preach pastor and I tell you honestly I don't know what to preach because what do I tell a church that doesn't care about heating cooling nothing under the tree and it was hot and and the rice they don't even they had rice buckets of rice you know boiled and laid it on the floor 
and they don't even have spoons. They just take your plate, shove it in with your hand and pour some dal, and which is just a basically an yellow water. And it's, we call it dal because there are some dals floating there, but that's it. And you just give it there and you have a chili or an onion and eat. They joyfully eat this. Today, when you gather somebody in the south for a meeting, the first question is, buffet wa? Chikkana, mattana. We have come so far. And I tell you, my friends, this is happening in our nation. And that's why I wrote down here, when the church is in conflict zone, there is unity and strength. But when, and this is the, that's why we have written our value, vision. This is our vision. I don't know whether you have seen this. You know, this is what we stand for. We to save, heal, restore, train, equip, empower the young people. That's who you are. In the prominent place, that's where you are at. So that they can bring transformation and kingdom culture. This is what we believe. This is what I cry out to God for. God, I pray that people who come here will encounter your love so that they can bring transformation and bring kingdom culture. What is kingdom culture? The mind of God, the culture of God. Amen? Let's move uh, to the prime example of of persecution, the one who went through persecution. And there is no, there's a big list here and I can go through this list who went through persecution and all. The Bible is full of persecution. You can see persecution from the beginning. It's from the children of Israel. They went through so many challenges, you know, the judges, the prophets, and it went through all the way, even Jesus, all the way, even Saul and the, every single follower of Jesus have gone through persecution. So persecution is not an option. If you are a follower of Jesus, this is part of the package. In John, I guess, uh, can you click that one? Uh, the next one, Romans, yeah, Romans 4, 14, 17. So the persecution is all over. And one of the things that we, we have seen persecution is, uh, we have seen persecution in different areas of life you know some sometimes people go through persecution and it affects their moral areas their social areas their family areas so who goes through persecution the followers of jesus goes through persecution john 15 20 says remember the word that i have said to you this is jesus talking as a servant is no greater than his master if they persecuted me they will also persecute you and if they kept my word they'll also keep yours and many times we want only the good part. We want the happy part. We want the most comfortable part. And I am not, you know, I'm not saying I'm away from this. I am sometimes, I like that. We love that. You know, we love to see everything good happens. But sometimes these things hap- doesn't happen. You know, we have to go through some persecution. So, what is... Uh, who goes through persecution? There's another verse I wrote down. It's in Second Timothy. It's not in the screen. 3.12. It says, For all who choose to live passionately and faithfully as the worshippers of Jesus, the anointed one will experience persecution. And we know the story of Jim Elliot. Some of you might have heard about the Jim Elliot. Iman. And you know the story like John Chow last year. He went to Andaman. I mean, he was trashed. In the social media, it was vomiting even to read that the way that this extreme left uh, position that many people, even Christians have taken. And it's so challenging to read. And he risked his life, a young guy, to go and share the gospel. My outreach was in Andaman. And I remember seeing them from the distance and you cannot go closer. My host did not allow us to go and close. But this guy, he, he, he... 
gave himself to the Lord for the cause of spreading the love. So imagine if Mama Scudder didn't come, 99% of the people who are sitting here won't be here. Hello? There are, if William Carey didn't come, he was a cobbler. Today, 14 languages will never have Bible. If Ziegenbach didn't come from Germany, Tamil Bible would have not come. Out of that Malayalam Bible would have not come. We would be still George of the Jungle kind of thing. You know, we have so many people. If C.T. Stad didn't come, I have a list I can keep going. I love passionately talking about this because this is the reality. But now we come to a place of comfort. We have the Bible, so many Bibles, so many translations. Even, you know, you have Bibles everywhere. But we don't realize this is people paid so much humongous price. You go to some German uh, cities, there are signs where it says the Roman Catholic Church burned the Protestant missionaries alive. And there are posts that says they will tie them up, lit them on fire. Preaching the word. Preaching the word. And so we know the stories. But my question is, this is the, what I wrote down here. Jesus is the prime example for endured the suffering and pain from beginning to end. So, the first seven Beatitudes teaches us what we must do, but the last seven Beatitudes teaches us what will be done to us. I, I, it's there. So, there may be some photos here. Is there some photos there? If you can show some, uh, some of them, some index. Um. Yes, this is where we are at. Look at India, 83 out of 100 people going through. Where we are, North Korea. Look at, go back, go back. Look, North Korea, Afghanistan, Somalia, Libya, Pakistan, Sudan, Eritrea, Yemen, Iran, India. Syria, Nigeria. Look at this nation. This should shake us to pray for our nation. Pray for our nation leaders. Not to pray against them. Don't demonize the leaders. Don't say, Satane po. You know, don't, don't, don't demonize them rather pray that you know the Daniel he, he, he was one, called one among the magicians he was not even afraid God was not even afraid to use him in the secular terms but to bring the light in the midst of darkness and look at the next, uh, next one these are the this is from um, the open doors and look what they have gone through 91% goes through violence but then the pressure they go through church life national life community there's something called honor killing like you become shame you know one of the daughters from our house the one of the biggest challenges for her, her parents was shame it's a shame that she joined this you know people go through this family pressure private life anyway so now let's get back to the meaty part Jesus is the prime example for endured suffering and pain from beginning to end. And I wrote down here what, eight things. There's a big list, but eight things he endured as a suffering and pain because of persecution. Number one, Jesus was not born in a castle, but in a cattle shed. Do you know the follower, the one we follow, was not born in the most biggest hospital in Asia. That's you, where you work from. Hello. He was not born in the most cleanliest hospital in Spain. That's where my daughter was born. You know, the mo it's no. He was born in a cattle shed, and I'm doing Bible study with my kids, and 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 cattle shed. When we talk about cattle shed, my son asked, "That means, Daddy, there must be cow poop 
So baby Jesus was next to cow poop. Should I say yes? Should I say no? Yes. And he could not understand why a mom could put his child next to a cow poop. He could not understand. A six-year-old brain could not compensate. I said, this is what Jesus chose. He chose to humble himself so that you and me, Hebrews 11 talks about it. These forerunners went before us. They never saw the promise. But because of them, we could be able to fulfill the promise. Amen. Number two, I'm running because there's a lot more to cover. Jesus' virgin birth was mocked and attacked. I didn't write the scriptures, just the addresses. So if you're taking notes, it will be good. And uh, he was mocked and attacked. You know, these guys were saying, if you read that reference, it says, we have come from, we are one father. His name is God. You know, that topic would have gone there. This guy says, uh, he gone out of a virgin birth. What is this? You know, this, he was mocked. He was ridiculed. The Pharisees were saying, born out of, not out of fornication. We are one father, God. Probably the news of Jesus was born to a virgin would have been a gossip of the town. Number three, Jesus never had a settled life. Nowhere to lay his head. Today, if you look at it, when we think of persecution, we think, okay, mosquitoes or, you know, monkeys in our garage. We went to, uh, we went to Munar last week and uh, part of the drive we wa- went through where the waterfalls is there and we got out. Everybody got out. Asha was about to get in. Before Asha got out, a monkey got in. To, because we bought some passion fruit and uh, monkey got in and my uncle grabbed the monkey and kicked it. And, uh, and Asha was frozen, you know. I mean, and she said, let me watch Frozen too. I mean, that, <laughs> anyway, that's a bad joke. But, you know, so today we think about, you know, persecution means when the coffee machine is not working, we think the Lord is challenging me. Yeah. Or the monkeys in our courtyard, our traffic jam, the green circle. Blessed are those who go through the blink green circle. <laughs> you know, we go through so many challenges. You know, sometimes traffic jams, sewage problem. When rain comes, people sometimes, Velurians don't want to pray for rain. Why? Because they don't want the sewage water to come inside. One day, in, in our girl's home, sewage water came all the way up to the knee because the drainage was blocked. And it took us hours to clean in the middle. And there's no power also. Power line went off. And we think persecution, but persecution, this is nothing. This is peanuts compared to what Jesus went through. Amen? Number four, Jesus experienced the worst hospitality. Look at Luke 7. This guy, the Pharisee invites, his name is Simon, he invites. But there was a woman, you know the story, she came kissing the feet and washing the feet. And you know, in Jewish tradition, the three things are important. It's up on the screen. Water kiss and oil. Water is what? Because they come, they don't have this beautiful cars that you ride and you come with shoes. No, they come in camel or donkey and they will walk. It's muddy road. I mean, the politicians were far worse than those days. <laughs> they didn't even have paved roads, muddy roads and they would have to wash their feet. So, and the first thing is to clean the feet. Jesus was never given. Number two, kiss. It's a culture where you go to, even in Spanish culture, you kiss, you kiss, you give them a hug. In the Middle East, my brother Ivan will experience that's part of the culture. You give them a kiss. That's to show love. The third one, oil. Because they come from very far muddy road and I have seen this. They exchange the fragrance oil. They anoint them just to, just to make them feel good. This guy was the worst host. Imagine, you invite me 
and you say you know what four days ago i bought a pizza and the pasta that's in my fridge let me eat it up i will say probably i mean today i'm thinking to fast brother you know last night you enjoyed the pork yes can i say one amen yeah it was good isn't it i mean i thought we cooked a lot but there was now left over actually i mean it was really good so that's the hospitality but this guy messed up and look at this why he went went through a worst hospitality and number 5 look jesus was buried even in a borrowed tomb they didn't have a tomb somebody else tomb was there his family was not wealthy to have their own tomb number 6 jesus own members of the family said he has gone nuts read for yourself mark and john 7 this brothers thought he's nuts they actually tried to even kill him they said you know what well, if you are saying the messiah you are doing it all in the small village why don't you go to the city share yourself and they took offense and look at seventh point jesus was mocked belittled patronized ridiculed and even called him a demon these are the scriptures please write it down because of lack of time i just wrote down the addresses take a picture or taking notes something do it so that you you can you can do a research for yourself number 8 jesus experienced rejection loneliness threats and even got crucified we sometimes think the roman cruel soldiers crucify but it's actually not it's us hello so if this is the thing you know um if the follower of if the master is going through so much like this how much you and me this is the question we have to ask you know if the one who who says follow me has gone through this list what could be our exceptions there's nothing but it could be the same or it could be even more that's why john 15 says they persecuted me first before they persecuted you let me tell you the day you start preaching kingdom you get persecuted when you preach religion people join and celebrate you why because jesus never endorsed religion i have said this thousand times i don't mind saying again jesus never started a religion jesus never endorsed a religion jesus never said join a religion jesus talked about a kingdom internal kingdom eternal kingdom and it is a growing kingdom a kingdom it is now but is yet to come amen amen so my question is this this is a list this is a brief list but if jesus gone through who am i but this is the question in the 21st century an urban christian jesus follower may go through similar persecution as he or she walks in righteousness remember this bible says blessed are those who are persecuted who walk in righteousness so it's not about your saying jesus is lord it's about living the righteous life so persecution is not for people who just screaming on the corner of the streets the turn or burn it's for people who live the righteous life with the lord and what is righteousness righteousness is part of the kingdom that's what the bible says in romans 14 that the kingdom of god is righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit amen okay now i have also eight it could be more but i just stopped in eight i felt to stop in eight because of lack of time 
I have eight persecution you and me can go through. As a young city life, you know, pizza on the weekend, football on the weekend, you know, apps on the daybreak time. You know, you all live in an urban culture. You have never, you know, never been on a village style, but in a urban style, in, as you're busy. There are eight persecutions you may go through if you are standing in righteousness with God. What is righteousness? Right standing with God. If you are a kingdom person, these are the eight things you may go through. Number one, if you say no to casual sex, people may attack you for being so old school. Today, this is a big thing among the young people because it has to be everything. The media says celebrate, enjoy, do whatever you can. But then you say, you know what? I'm going to stay pure. People will say, this one is old school. She thinks she's so holy. He thinks he's so holy. You know what? Let me tell you this to everyone here. You and God are majority. Amen? You and God are a majority. Number two, if you say yes to self-control and watch out what you eat, people may mock you for not living up to the max. People, this is real. This is real. You know, and this is the Holy Spirit. Three years ago, 2016, September 28th, he said to me, Charles, if you don't control, if you don't have control over your mouth, that you eat in three, four hours, it's gone. How can you have control over eternal things? And he said to me this very clearly, the church is eating itself to death today. And that's why we created a culture of fasting. Not to earn salvation, but it's a part of, and many of you know, who are close with me, you know, we honor this. And we take every year, the first 21 days of every year to honor the Lord. Why? Because if I can't take control over my appetite, what good it will be to control over the spiritual things? I want to challenge you. And I'm not saying you have to do it like, you know, 40 days or 21 days. Do what the Lord says, but start at least once a week. Start at least once a week that you will have no to the appetite and yes to the Lord. Amen? Okay, so number three, if you choose to draw the circle, this is very interesting, if you choose to draw the circle and live happily and simply, you will be ridiculed for not enjoying the luxury the world offers. In other words, if you choose not to follow the brand, you know, today everybody wants to see Peter England, Helen Solly, and you say, no, Sarana stores. <laughs> Hello, because... Peter England and Helen Soli tells you your prestige. Sarana Tours tells you no prestige. But you know what? The Lord told me, Charles, the car doesn't define you. I define you. Rick Warren, out of writing Purpose Driven Life, I don't know whether anybody wrote, read this. Many of you might have read this. He got millions and he gave away 91%. He lives with 9%. And he, he wears a $15 watch, which is less than 1,000 rupees. Hello? Today, we define people by the watch they wear. Apple watch, fourth series, brother. What the heck? Fourth series Apple watch doesn't define you. Amen? Your net worth 
does not define you. Your, your self-worth does not come from your net worth. Amen? Your values does not come from your valuables. You have to learn this principle. And I have, I'm telling you this, my friends, because God has to cruise, deal with me in this area of brands. Because we tend to prove, look what I'm driving, what I'm wearing, how I'm being. You can have all those stuff. You know, sometimes people are so covered with branded and they don't know what brand they are made of. Hello? Amen? Look at this. So if you choose to draw the circle, live happily. If you have this, you know, in those days there is a watch called HMT watch. Have you seen that? You have to screw this and leave it there. Keep it in the... Urda. <laughs> Have you seen? Even if you wear this, your value is not decreased. Hello? Amen. Come on. I'm preaching God. Say amen. amen. Number four. If you respond to someone with compassion who mistreated you, you might be called weak and covered. When we came back from Munar, I don't want to bother you with that story. We got into an accident and, and we were driving and the guy cut through our car and he broke the right side of our car mirror and I tried to go this way and my car hit the other guy on the third lane and this guy got out of the car speaking in tongues I mean, it was a different tongues I, I mean, I know those tongues I know some of those words I know better words also but now I'm born again you know, and, and I know nobody is there no one from Papa's house but my Papa is watching so I kind of like sucked it all in. I said, I'm a pastor, brother. Don't call me brother. And then blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you know, let me tell you this. This is my deal. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going. It's 1045 in the night. I have two kids. They have to sleep. This is my number. This is where I stay. Call me. He's going to Tirupati. Finish your thing and come back. Call me. I will fix it for you. And then he called me four o'clock. I went to fix it. When I fixed it with my regular mechanic and it got done so easily with less than 2000 rupees and he started this word from tongues it changed into G thank you G I want to keep in contact G my inside man says no <laughs> contact I'm going to block you but you know, I'm like yes brother <laughs> you know sometimes you can't just give your peace of your mind so many people have given the peace of their mind there are no more pieces left you know, and this is what the Lord said to tell him. I said, you know what, brother, let me tell you. It's a new Volkswagen Passat or something. So I, you know, I can understand his feelings. You know, when I got this phone for the first time, I dropped it. My, I had a hard drop also. Like, <laughs> you all know what you mean. The first scratch on your car, you feel like, why, Lord, you forgot? Why have you first? Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabakthani. You know, you all, we all go through that. So I understand that part. But, but this is what the Lord told me to tell him. I said, brother, I tell you this one thing. His name is Magalingam. I said, brother Magalingam, let me tell you, one day you will not even remember this happened. One day you will not remember that you owned this car. But let me tell you this. There's one person who loves you unconditionally. His name is Jesus Christ. Okay, G. Okay, G. Okay, G. I said, you know what? I didn't feel to preach the gospel because my feelings were telling something else. You know, on the way, touch him, Lord. You know, that was my feeling. But I didn't pray my feelings. This is the thing. If you respond with someone with compassion, 
you know i told the story to my mechanic friends and he said sir enna sir what sir you should have told him go to the police yeah and he started speaking in more tongues i said no <laughs> i was like don't do this you know anyway number 6 number 5 if you are god minded these are the persecution you may go through if you are god minded kingdom minded that's what i meant you might be called super religious hello if you say hey let's go for a ball game no 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 we have life group i'm going to know come closer to god remember i spoke on a sermon you choose how close you want to be with god you choose if you so you choose and people say ah man this fellow is a religious fellow it's okay it's okay because you no need the opinion of people to be up- approved you are already approved by the heavenly father amen number number 6 if you honor god with time and excellence you might be called eccentric that means you do your best in honoring god you come and say this is the best time i'm not going to give leftovers to god that's why i don't take quiet time at 11:30 in the night because that's my leftover time i can watch youtube master chef videos before i crack you know crash into the bed but i am not going to give my quiet time to the lord when i am having leftover energy i'm going to give my quiet time i told you, you know with my coffee and all those things i'm going to give my best time why because he deserves the best amen so number 7 you see that's why i married and she is good in details if you say no to alcohol and drugs you might not belong to your group and face loneliness i still remember 11 years old i was i was introduced to cigarette 11 years old and they said macha ila pudichina nee nambalu they said if you take this that time scissors filter you know some of you like brother why are you remembering my past <laughs> and so they said and i want to be part of that club and i remember smoking it and they didn't tell me the details i took inhaled and i was you know coughing and they had a good laugh about my cough you know first cough don't look at me as if like come on guys amen i thank you brother so this is the thing you you might face loneliness you might be lonely you know jesus was the lo- can i tell you leaders face loneliness and brother i don't i'm not a leader hello the first person to lead you have to lead is yourself amen the last but not the least if you stand for justice mercy and peace you might be called a dreamy you might be called a dreamy people will be like ah this guy talking about justice do you know do you know i mean i saw on the other day I was driving kfc is coming to vellore and people are like hallelujah <laughs> but let me tell you there are still in this city of 800000 people who cannot buy that meal do you know this there are still i mean 100 rupees is the day wage there's a construction going on next to our home the ladies work there get 150 rupees they come 6:30 in the morning with their kulu and the kanji you know and they go back 5:30 and they have 150 in their pocket tell me what bucket chicken will fill them we cannot be say wow kfc have come development has come no 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 i read this statement 
the nation's development is not by judging what fancy cars people drive it's not it's by judging when a politician or a wealthy person takes a normal transportation the finance minister of switzerland takes a normal public transportation today chairman chairman he don't know where is chair he is not i'm not sure he is a man chairman from a small panchayat he he has got two entourage going before him and he's got i mean thank god only five fingers he created <laughs> there are politicians have jewels on all the fingers chairman for a chairman that's not development my heart is bleeding when i say this i say because i have seen the other side where a nation prime ministers they have taken public transport to go today they will do it only to get vote but that too they will block the rest of the people their own people 500 people bought the ticket and go <laughs> guys this has to change for that you and me cannot shout on the screen to, uh, on the mountain top have to go on the throne room with our knees say king of glory come visit my nation amen so that's why you may be called dreamy i am i am dreaming one day this nation the poverty will be a history one day nay, there will be no dowry for girls when they get married one day the caste will be cast to jesus amen amen so this will be a reality one day a girl can can fulfill her dreams not because she is a girl she is from this family no this can happen but this can happen only when you and me bow your knees before the king of glory i want to finish off with this one verse my favorite verse from the book of hebrews so this is my prayer for all of us it's in hebrews 10 3536 so do not throw away this confident trust in the lord remember the great reward brings you patient endurance is what you need now it's from the passion so that you will continue to do god's will then when you receive all that he has promised my friends if you're going through the fire the best idea is don't stop there keep going keep going keep enduring but one day you will receive the reward amen we're going to pray for our nation and i know you you probably heard stories of persecution but maybe what i shared these eight things one of this stood up for you but maybe you you kind of feel like little bit like convicted right now you gave into those things but it's fine come boldly author of hebrew says in hebrews 4 come boldly to the throne of grace come boldly and today let the lord minister and i want to pray with you this morning before we break we're going to sing one worship song